Are you ready? Yo. It's time, time to separate the men from the boys. boys. And get down to the business of sport right here on the world famous Ginger's Perspective. Hello and welcome to Football 2 Plus 3 exclusive to the Ginger's Perspective. And the January transfer window has finally started getting busy. We had Coutinho leave, we had Virgil van Dijk come through and finally make his move to Liverpool. And now there's been a soap opera that's been unfolding for months and months and months. And finally, it has come together and it is now sorted. enough of that <laughs> Alexis Sanchez has completed his move to Old Trafford some sneaky business from his agent I think um, at the end of the day but what an acquisition for Jose Mourinho he's the type of player that probably has been lacking uh, in their chance for a title push in terms of their chances to solidify Champions League football this is the guy that could turn things around for the special one Sorry, was that a question? <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, our last podcast, we were 100% sure he was going to go to City. And, and, you know, all these reports started surfacing that United were interested. I, most people thought it must be his agent up to nonsense to try and get maximum out of City. And then all of a sudden, boom, United were in there and they haven't looked back since. But I think, yeah, he is a, he is a fantastic signing. I mean, you, you just have to see stats, and he's going to slot in at United seamlessly, you know, hit the ground running. Look, Mkhitaryan, you know, the guy is sort of used to evaporate in the big games. He'd start off and then just disappear. So I don't think it's a loss for United. Although it must feel a, a bit uncomfortable when you no longer want today. It's like one day you're there, the next they're telling you, sorry, we're selling you, sending you to Arsenal to get Sanchez. Yeah, I think I don't think Arsenal are terribly upset with getting Mkhitaryan um, as a replacement because I think they had basically said, you know what, Sanchez is going. We'll get him off the wage bill. Uh, he is on what three hundred thousand pounds a week or something stupid like that. And Mkhitaryan might just thrive in London. You know, he's an intelligent player. Yes, he might disappear in, in the big games, but maybe Arsenal is more suited to him. You know, a guy like Mkhitaryan might just fill that void for them. Maybe he's that little playmaker that that they want um, to go forward and, and get stuff done. But they're also talking to um, Aubameyang of Dortmund. Apparently, they've increased their offer, so that could still happen. Yeah, and that would be a fantastic because Mkhitaryan and Aubameyang know each other from Dortmund. You know, they could link up well, and it could be a blessing for them, you know, getting rid of Sanchez. But uh, like you said, I mean, uh, Mkhitaryan is not a bad player. He's the type of player, you can see he's a bit of a softy. You know, he needs encouragement. He needs his manager to, you know, not to, you know, slam him all the time, give him a hard time. He needs somebody to nurture that sort of talent. Whereas Sanchez is a more, you know, he's, he's got that, you know, he gives himself confidence. He knows that what he can do. You know, Mkhitaryan looks like he lacks that little bit and he needs somebody to push him. Maybe Wenger is the right man to do that. 
Well, Vinka's already spoken of Mkhitaryan's sort of lack of confidence. So I'm sure that he's going to thrive at Arsenal with the right support. And Mourinho clearly didn't like him from the onset. So Mkhitaryan's probably going, good riddance, Old Trafford. Sanchez is rubbing his hands together. Bring on the title push, the silverware, the future trophies, the success. And the big, big check as well. But look, uh, people are labelling him a mercenary and whatever, you know, saying he's greedy. But which footballer isn't worried about getting paid their value? If you know you're that good, why not? Today, it's not about loyalty to clubs. It's very rare you're going to get a Stevie G, a Frank Lampard, you know, guys who are one club men. It's very, very rare that you're going to see that. And you can't blame them. You really can't blame them. At the end of the day, it's their career. Uh, Yes, they're putting a lot more food on the plate than you and I could ever imagine. But at the end of the day, that's their career. They've been blessed with a football gift. And why not capitalize on that? Exactly. exactly. And it's a short career. I mean, how long is a footballer's career really? No. Maximum 14 years. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. If you don't, if someone come and break your leg in training or in a match or whatever it is. But let's talk about some of the other transfers. Um, You know, we spoke about Arsenal. Chelsea have been trying to sign any striker who's over six foot one. (laughs) I I was just waiting for the report to say that they're trying to get Didier Drogba back. I mean, Peter Crouch, one of their so-called targets. I mean, he's basically a stepladder. Exactly. Why (laughs) don't they just go and buy a stepladder? I'm sure there's a couple available in London. But it's weird. Maybe, you know, I think Conte's lost sort of the plot. He should never have gotten rid of Diego Costa. And I think that's come back to haunt him now. It has indeed. I think Morata is still a quality player, but there was something about Diego Costa, that sort of animal instinct, robust, big physical striker that scored goals. And yeah, it was at the end of the day, a personality clash that could well cost Chelsea dearly come the run-in at the end of the season. No, that's absolutely true. And uh, they need to, they're looking at players, but it's weird. Well, the players they're coming up with, Ashley Barnes. Any, Ed and Dzeko. Um, look, Dzeko is not too bad. I mean, he played well against uh, Chelsea in the Champions League with Roma. I think he scored twice at Stamford Bridge. So he, he's not a bad, I don't think he's a bad guy. But the other players, I mean, they're talking about Benteke and at uh, first it was Andy Carroll. Fortunately for him, he got injured, so he doesn't have to go to Chelsea. <laughs> well, we've benefited from that Roma link. Uh, Conte obviously wants um, Jekko, and uh, I'm not sure of the other player's name, but he's like a left-sided player um, that um, it looks like we could well see um, movement there from the Roma side, but it's benefited Newcastle and that Kennedy has joined the Magpies on a six-month loan. And there's talk of the Newcastle being linked with several strikers, including a Danish striker, over £20 million. But what does £20 million really buy you in the Premier League these days, Mo? I don't think it buys you much. Eh? Probably like a young future prospect, you know, in another three, four years, most likely. He's certainly not young, but... Is, would you say Daniel Sturridge is worth twenty million pounds? His medical bill is probably higher than that, but I think he's twenty million can't buy you much these days. No, I mean that's the that's the reality. And to put it all into context, Newcastle's biggest ever signing, record signing. You're going to laugh. Michael Owen, two thousand and five, 
for sixteen million pounds. That is that is a scary thing. How scary is that? So I think Rafa's gonna have to break that transfer record, and I mean it's gonna be for twenty million. So you're gonna get someone who's decent, as you say, or a really quality youngster who they've somehow snuck under the nose of the big guns. But it was quite interesting. Alan Kerbishley said. Uh, on the weekend watching the, the, the Man City and Newcastle game. And he said that the top six are basically out there having fun, playing football, you know, doing what they want. The rest of the other 14 clubs are scrapping it out. And I think it's evident now with the gap that is starting to emerge between that top six and the rest of the bunch. Yeah, you you, you hit the, you know, the nail on the head on that one. You just have to look at the league table and see how what a scrap it is. I mean, between 10th place and Swansea were dead last, it's six points. You, you know, if, if you just lose two games in a row and you're all of a sudden in the relegation battle. It's almost so, going to be more exciting to watch the relegation battle unfold if you're a neutral than, you know, watching the title race. Because I think City are still almost guaranteed what did Pep Guardiola say they need how many more wins is it well they need 10 more wins or was it five more wins or I think, I think they, uh, 10 more wins 10 more wins it was 10 more wins and the title was theirs I think that's what he said I think now with the Sun with Sanchez going to United it gives them that little bit of psychological edge because he chose them over City but uh, they're still going to win it United might bring the, the margin down a bit but like you say, the bottom half is where it's at. I mean, I'm I'm loving every week it changes. You know, this last result, Swansea picking up a win over Liverpool just changed the whole dynamic. You know, they maybe now believe they can get out of it. Yeah. Well, I think that Liverpool uh, need to be, they need to be roasted. I mean, how do you go and beat City in convincing fashion? I might add. Yeah, fine, four, three, whatever. But but they were four one up. They were four one up, um, and then you go. And take on Swansea and you bottle it with three golden chances to make it 3-1. And that, that's the, uh, been the problem for Liverpool over the years and why I believe they won't win the Premier League. is They fail to kill off those teams that are in the bottom half. Where you've got to get wins. Where most, all your opposition in the top six are getting points. There you go there and bottle it. Doesn't help. You can always beat the top six, but you struggle against you know games that should be three pointers. Yeah. Um, quickly, VAR. Where do you stand on it? What do you make of it? I know they're talking about VAR for the for the World Cup in Russia later this year, but what do you make of it all? Good thing, bad thing? I don't like it. I like the way that football is. It's not a perfect game. Uh, and I mean, apparently there's been a controversy with VAR also. In uh, it was in the FA Cup game last week. It, there were some issues or problems with that. I honestly don't, don't like it. There's nothing wrong with the game. It gives us something to talk about. Yeah. That is, you know, the referee made a mistake or this decision was wrong. I don't, if I, if I wanted a perfect game, I'd go and play FIFA on, on a PlayStation or whatever. You know, you want that, you know, sort of drama in it. I agree with you. I mean, I'm all for gold line technology. Different story. Different story. That is, you know what I mean. You need that little bit of verification if it crosses the line. Especially with the amount of money and how the difference between being relegated and staying up impacts your club financially, I think that that's there needs to be 
But, I mean, have they decided, is VAR here to stay? It appears so. It appears as if the FA and the Premier League are going to implement VAR. It seems like a growing traction because they're, you know, constantly implementing it in games. And I can't see it not coming into the Premier League. You've got the biggest league in the world. It, it will eventually happen. But I think it's not a good idea. Let's leave it the way it is. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. Um, if you feel like... You have your views on VAR, drop us a tweet at football2plus3 on uh, Twitter. Get involved, give us your thoughts. The, the best response will get themselves a football2plus3, an authentic limited edition, I might add, mug that you can have your cup of tea, your cup of coffee, whatever you might want to drink out of there. Some people might be drinking rum. You never know. But hit us up on Twitter at football2plus3. Give us your thoughts on VAR. Use the hashtag a VAR football two plus three. I know it's a long one. We can maybe refine that, Mo. What do you think? Hashtag VAR F two three. What? Yeah, we will come up with some. Yeah, but get in touch. Uh, we've got our mugs that are ready, so uh, only our ardent fans, our true fans, like the Geordies who take their shirts off in minus twenty degrees Celsius in the northeast, will get uh, those mugs that we. Um, all right, let's. Obviously, there's no Premier League this weekend, which is um, which really sucks because we're getting into it. You know, we've got so we had the League Cup semi-finals happening. We've got FA Cup this weekend. Uh, Chelsea, Newcastle, one of the bigger ones. To look forward to. But you know, I think about the last couple days of this transfer window. It could well determine the fate of a lot of clubs and their managers. If you think about it, I know everyone is scrambling now to get pl- players, but agents must be the ones rubbing their hands together. Bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah, the agents must be loving this time of the year. It's like Christmas, a second Christmas for them. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, getting trying to get their players moved and uh, transfers happening. I mean, Sanchez's agent must have picked up a nice uh, bonus for, with, with his transfer. And, you know, there's looking, talks of Man City signing from Athletic Bilbao, some left-sided French defender. Yeah. So... There's a lot going on, but there's not much time. There's like seven days left to go before it's slammed shut, and clubs need to do their business. It also hasn't been that busy. No, but Jan- January hasn't really been that busy yet in, in the past. We've had, you know, Coutinho, we've had Virgil van Dijk, the Sanchez, Mkhitaryan, but the rest have been sort of random, yeah. uh, you know, players coming in. Nothing really that that, that, that goes crazy. Do you think we'll see a blockbuster finish to this one? Like some deadline deadline signings on deadline day? I uh, will have to because if Chelsea are linked with everyone and uh, Arsenal also look like they're going to get Aubameyang, we might see a, a couple of blockbuster deals. I would love to see uh, Arsenal get Aubameyang. I think it would be great just to shake it up. I think it hinges on Olivier Giroud going on loan to Borussia Dortmund yeah. or something like that. But we'll have to wait and see. Aubameyang is a proper nutter. His goal celebration is... It's next level. Batman mask and running around the field. And his dad is his agent and his brother is his other agent. It's great. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, Let's talk fantasy. I know you you couldn't resist and you whipped out the wild card. How's that worked out for you? It worked out fairly well. I picked up a win. I got about 50-odd points, 57 points. Not was what I was expecting, but then again, with the amount of uh, um, you know uh, transfers I made, I would have been left with probably negative points. <laughs> so it was a smart move. Um, at least now I know where Sanchez is. I can decide if I want to get him. 
But uh, no, it was the right move. Although I wish I had Aguero in, instead of Harry Kane. Yeah, I know. That's it's all. Well, I mean, isn't Jesus back soon? So there's going to be another selection uh, dilemma for our fantasy managers. Um, Harry Kane, though, it all depends on the day, I suppose. I mean, he picks up one. He can't score a hat trick every weekend, can he? No, you, you should. <laughs> Spurs would be flying past Man City if he scored hat tricks every weekend. Who did they play? It was Southampton. Southampton yeah. uh, third. Bottom. Yeah, at St. Mary's, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you should have picked up an easy uh, uh, hat-trick there, or even four or five goals. He scored how many previously? Yeah. But a, a, a guy who seems to be getting a lot of fantasy love is, uh, you know, Anatovic. He seems to be thriving under Dave, David Moyes. Different, different player. Absolutely different yeah. player. And he's getting a lot of, he's the most transferred in for this coming week. So he seems like the right move if you're in a fantasy uh a dilemma. Yeah, remember those matches are coming Tuesday, Wednesday next week. Um, you can look forward to those. Some crucial, crucial potential six-pointers for a lot of teams. Big one is Spurs United. I mean, Sanchez will he come back to, to haunt Spurs. Oh, that's going to be very interesting. I mean, let's talk quickly about Marco Silva. How did he get sacked by Watford? Shocker. That was a total blindside. I never thought they would. I mean, they were sitting comfortable. Look, they've been on a bad run, like 10 defeats or something, one win in 11 games, something ridiculous. But I didn't see that coming. I thought they were happy with his work, that they were okay in a good space. But maybe some things behind the scenes unsettled the manager, the whole Everton thing. And I think it's maybe made him lose a bit of focus. And replace him on the same day. Uh, Just poor, poor from Watford. yeah, it wasn't the, the most shiniest moment, but look, I mean, that's the that's football these days, you know. You hit a bad patch and you're out. Anyway, this is the Premier League and that's what happens. doesn't matter who you are. Look at Mourinho at Chelsea just a few seasons ago. All right, Mo, um, we're going to have to leave it there. Remember, you can catch us on uh, iTunes, The Ginger's Perspective, SoundCloud under CS2 plus C, CS2 plus C.co.za, and of course on cliffcentral.com. Your parting words? As always, be champions. Well, there you have it. Thanks very much for listening. Remember to hit us up on Twitter at Football2 Plus 3. We have those stellar mugs available. We want to hear from you. And uh, we'll chat to you again as we get closer to next week's crucial fixtures in the best league in the world.